The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan. And this is Charlie, and we'll be your host for today. And we have our friend Matt Leary joining us. Matt, thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey guys, happy to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, Matt is a firebrand speaker with Forge, the ministry that we're a part of, uh, meaning he's an apprentice, uh, itinerant speaker in training, and uh, we're in the middle of an intensive week digging in and uh, growing, spending time with the Lord in prayer and in His Word and and giving messages and learning how to grow in that. So it's a really exciting time. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, I'm 21 years old and I live in Greenville, South Carolina. And I've gotten a few comments about it this week. I am actually not originally from the South. I was going to say, I'm not hearing the y'all. No y'alls, no drawls, uh, nothing like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I grew up in Massachusetts and I really wasn't that uh, religious as a kid. I didn't go to church, wasn't in a church family. Uh, but As I got older, like as I approached high school, I started to become more interested in spirituality. And I always believed there was a God, but I just didn't know where I stood with Mm. said creator or what that looked like. Uh, Or which God it was. Yes, or which God it was. And I found myself, you know, exploring every single other religion in the entire world. So like there would be a point like if I was like, a little 15 year old, I would have told you I was like a Buddhist. And hmm. I just like really was just like exploring every single world religion, trying to kind of make sense of this reality that we live in. And the thing was, I had never found anything that really satisfied me. Hmm. And what was it that didn't <clears throat> satisfy you? Well, I just felt like there wasn't a real connection. Okay. And I notice a lot too with the other world religions, it's always self-centered and it's always, you know, oh, I am my own in control of my own being and I can manifest everything. And it felt Mm. very lonely, actually, ironically Mm. enough. And because I didn't find any connection like that, I always found myself going to the things that did give me pleasure and stuff. So, you know, I would party in high school. I would do drugs. I would drink all that stuff. And that was the stuff that was giving me temporary pleasure. So I kind of just submersed myself in that. And after I graduated high school, I kind of just did more of the same. I uh, got a job as an electrician and I hated my job. Let me just say that, you know, (laughs) it's a great trade, but it just, I knew I wasn't called to be an electrician Mm. and that made things worse. So I just continued to go deeper into that Mm. rabbit hole of like hedonism and just searching for pleasure. And I found myself deciding at like 19 years old to move across the country to Los Angeles where I was just telling myself, I'm going to work as an electrician and party for the next five years and then I'll reevaluate. And funny how God works. Five years never came because (laughs) like three or four months after I moved out there, the pandemic began and things got really crazy really quickly. Like people stealing each other's supplies. We couldn't get a hold of water, things like that. So I was just like, yeah, there's just no shot. I'm going to survive out here by myself at 19 years old in the middle of a pandemic in the biggest city in the country. So I decided to move back 
home to South Carolina. And that's kind of where the Lord started to really grab a hold of my heart and mm. change me because my mother, whom has been a Christian for like five or six years, she's been walking with the Lord for a while now. Uh, she kept asking me <clears throat> to watch church with her online. So she kept coming to me. Being I, like, I got to know just really quick because <laughs> this is your story that we're talking about. How did she come to Jesus? So she came to Jesus ironically enough, more of the same way that I did. She, okay. uh, Interesting. Yeah. She kind of came to Jesus through this like online ministry stuff. Okay. And it, it's kind of funny. I'll get to that in a second, why there's a funny connection there. But yeah, so she had a mentor in business, like an entrepreneurship mentor who mm-hmm. was a believer and, you know, kind of just poured into her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And she ended up doing more of the same. She would watch church online and eventually hmm. gave her life to Christ. Wow. Now, same. Now, fast forward five or six years. Yeah. Here we are. I'm in my home during lockdown. My mom's like, watch church online with me. Watch <laughs> church online with me. And I at first I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I was like, just stop asking me. I don't want anything to do with this Jesus you're talking about. Just leave me alone. Uh, but eventually, because my mom is loving and prayerful and persistent, <laughs> I eventually was like, OK, I'll, I'll just watch church with you. I'll appease you. And. At that moment was the first time that I had actually heard the gospel properly articulated. Wow. Like the depravity of man, how we are so sinful, and why Jesus actually had to come and die for all of that sin. Mm-hmm. Like that was something I never had heard before, believe it or not. I always knew Jesus is just as like this historical figure in yeah. like the leader of Christianity, but that was it. Um, and the moment that I actually heard Jesus articulated in the context of the gospel was when it all started to shift for me. Because it was at that moment... I now started to understand that not only was there a God, which I had already known, but this God was a personable God, a God that loved me so much mm-hmm. that he was willing to send a piece of himself to die for me, and that all I have to do is believe in that sacrifice and follow him and I'll have eternal fellowship. And at that moment, the shift started to occur, and I would consider myself going from agnostic to Jesus curious. Mm-hmm. And from there, it picked up really quickly. Like mm-hmm. I'd say like three months or so later, I decided to give my life to Christ. And this was in July of 2020. And from there, so much started to change. My demeanor started to change, my desires. All of a sudden, I really wanted to read the Bible. And I hate reading. If you know me personally, I'm not a reader. (laughs) But the Bible was just, I was feeling drawn to it. I was like, I need to learn more about the Jesus I just gave my life to and that I want to follow. And I started to feel convicted over sin, which I was Mm. like, that's never happened in my life. I was like, I just told like a white lie or something, or I just lusted after a woman. And now I feel bad about it. I was Mm. like that something's stirring. And it was the Holy Spirit stirring inside of me. And it was probably six or seven months after giving my life to Christ, I started to realize I felt a call to tell other people about Jesus. I was like, I just... There's nothing more important to me now Mm. than telling people about the Jesus that just radically changed my life. And that's when I began to feel the call to ministry. And over the course of the next year, year and change, I got plugged into a local church because of how important community is. And it was huge for me because not only did it open connections for ministry and did it open doors to making connections in the future, but I also was getting properly discipled. Mm. I was surrounded by people who were going to hold me accountable and not just be like, yes, men, you know, like if I was actually living unbiblically or doing something that was Mm -hmm. sinful, I was going to get called out in a loving way for it. And that's what kind of brought me here today. So I'm a year into answering that call to ministry and it's been rough. You know, at first the enemy really tried to test me with Mm -hmm. sickness, financial issues, lack of opportunity. But I just decided I was like, 
this Jesus mission is too important. I'm just going to put my head down and I'm just going to plow forward and just tend to people around me. And God will eventually open the doors if this is really what he wants from me. Wow. That's amazing, man. We say it all the time on this podcast, but when you start to join Jesus in his mission, you should expect opposition because it's going to come, whether it's from the enemy or from just the sinful nature of the world, it's going to come because I mean, if people are walking in darkness, they're going to want to keep walking in darkness. (laughs) And if Satan wants them to keep walking in darkness, he's going to throw everything he can at you to keep them walking in darkness. Jesus certainly promised his hardship, which you faced uh, in the last year or so. And, um, you know, one verse comes to mind as you're sharing, Matt, and it's Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were seeking pleasure, but it left you empty. Yes. You were not satisfied. Um, your heart was like, "What is this it? Like I had what I wanted and it's not fulfilling. Exactly. Um, or these other religions, they're not fulfilling. None of it's fulfilling. I've done whatever I want and I'm not fulfilled. I'm not satisfied. Uh, but then meeting Jesus, delighting in him. I imagine, like, what do we delight in? Like Thanksgiving pie? Or, <laughs> like, like we're so excited to get more and be full of whatever we delight in and and when we're excited to get up close to Jesus and experience the fullness of who he is, he says, then he will give us the desires of our heart. And um, I think that's easily misunderstood to be, oh, that means he'll give us whatever we want. Mm. No, because we were already seeking whatever we wanted and it didn't satisfy. Yes. It didn't work. He knows what we need ultimately. And he's going to give us that. He's going to fulfill. He's going to satisfy us the longings, the, the depth of our hearts. And uh, it's exciting that that's what you encountered. Yeah. That's what you experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and that also what you shared struck me. Um, we've, we've alluded to this on various episodes. I do when I preach different places, um, depending on the context. When you meet Jesus, you will change. Mm-hmm. You will have <laughs> yes. things that transform your life. I'll, I'll sometimes preach, to, again, depending on the audience, but I'll, I'll say, hey, um, make sure that you've really met Jesus before you mm-hmm. leave here today. I'm going to invite you to give your life to Jesus. But maybe you say, I've said a prayer once. I've grown up in church. My my family's Christian. That doesn't mean you've really known Jesus and followed him. If you don't have conviction over your sin, hunger to read the Bible and spend time with him, a desire to share Jesus with the lost, a, a new joy, a new peace. If you don't have any of these, you might question if you really met Jesus because maybe you just said an empty prayer mm. or went to a church building or your parents were believers. But Amen. if you haven't changed and met Jesus then maybe you don't know it. And your life, I think, just echoes that message that it it, it reverberates it. Jesus transforms lives and fulfills our our deepest longings. You uh, had said that you weren't finding satisfaction in the other world religions and it felt lonely and that kind of thing. What is it? I mean, maybe you already hit on it, but what is it that uniquely you found in Jesus that you weren't finding in those other places? With Jesus, I found a personability, number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only is there a creation or or a creator, rather, to this world, but the creator loves you Mm -hmm. and intimately wants to know you and have a relationship with you. And that's just something I wasn't getting anywhere else. And, you know, I'll still say it to this day. The love I get from Jesus is so unlike any love that I've ever experienced here on earth. And it will continue to be that way because the love of Jesus is so much stronger and so much more unique than any love that even a human can give you. Mm. You can think of the person in your family who loves you the most, like whether it's your wife or your kids or your parents, 
no one will ever be able to love you the way that Jesus loves mm. you to the point where not only was he just willing to die for me, but he was willing to die for you, Nathan, mm. for you, Charlie. And he was willing to literally take on the sin of the entire world just so that we could have eternal fellowship with him. And mm. to me, I just, after I had that revelation, I was just like, holy smokes, like that just rocked my entire worldview. Like everything is different now. Like, like colors don't look the same. Sounds don't <laughs> sound the same. I'm like, you're not the first person who's told me that. Like yeah, that, yeah. like things become more vivid and alive for real, full of life. Like Jesus yeah. said in John 10, I want to give you life to the fullest. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I, I really think about that. I'll even think back mm. now to like pre Jesus days and the memories are like darker. It's like crazy. Like I think back mm. to some of those times. I'm just like, Man, like, I know the feeling of being in the dark like that. And now that I'm not, it's just the most mind-boggling thing. And it's really, truly beautiful. And that's mm. one of my biggest motivations in ministry is I just want people to share in the experience of Jesus that I've had and that mm. love and that fellowship and that discipleship. And you touched on something as well, Charlie, that really struck me. We aren't promised riches or success or anything like that from Jesus. Yeah. And in that passage that you're talking about, it comes under the pretext that your desire is to serve God. Mm. And if you're doing God's will, nothing's going to stand in the way of yeah. that. And that's what I seek to do on a daily basis. Mm. What, it's powerful, man. What would you say, um, I mean, it's recent enough in your life, fresh enough over the last four years or whatever. Um, let's say some people are listening and they're like, hey, I want to reach friends or family or others in my life who maybe are relativistic, um, seeking out other religions or think they're all the same, or maybe they're just living a life of pleasure, partying, and they're empty in both, likely. Um, what kind of things should they do to engage? Or what kind of things should they say? I mean, you said your mom was persistent. Uh, how <laughs> persistent should we be? Like, what are some things that struck you that you f find helpful um, mm. in reaching people that are coming from this background? Yeah, 100%. I think it's the persistency, yes, but persistency in love. Because there's a difference because, and I can attest to this personally, as a follower of Jesus, if you're trying to witness to someone, especially if it's someone like you're close to, like you said, a friend or a family member or someone like that who's struggling and is not a believer, it's very easy to get upset and very easy to let your emotions puff up. Mm. Uh, but the important thing is you got to let the Holy Spirit take control in those moments and mm. you need to just act differently. And one experience that's very common for me is having friends or family who have been hostile towards the gospel. Mm. And in those moments, it's very easy for your flesh to want to be like, well, I want to puff out my chest and I want to like yeah. defend the gospel. But the fact of the matter is <clears throat> that if you keep your composure in those moments and still love on those people and say, I love you and I respect you and Jesus loves you too, whether you want to admit mm. it or acknowledge it or not, he does. And you continually just talk about what Jesus done in your life personally, as well as leading by example, living the way that Jesus mm. lived, mm. eventually at some point down the line, everyone's going to have to take a look in the mirror if they're not yeah. following this Jesus and be like, hey, there's something to this Jesus thing that Charlie, Nathan, and Matt are doing right now. Like this Jesus guy that they're talking about, they're acting differently than everyone yeah. else mm. is acting. And I think for me, the power of leading by example mm. and the different demeanor especially when you get into those heated confrontational settings is key to showing people that Jesus is unlike anything else that this world can offer, mm. including all the other world religions. Man, I love that. 
I think so few people are saying that, and it needs to be said yeah. that, like, in those difficult, heated times, you really need to be rep- – your highest priority is representing Jesus, not mm. being right. Yes. And, man, there's a big difference. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, I recently heard it said or written um, that the mark of maturity as a believer is not your growth in knowledge, but your growth in love for others. Mm. And that's exactly what you just said, essentially, is, hey, continue to love, continue to share truth, but keep loving. Um, have the fruit of the Spirit exhibited in your life. Mm. Love, joy, peace, patience, uh, self-control. Yes. Like, in the midst of those heated, like, they're attacking everything my life is about. And it's <laughs> like, the flesh wants to flare up and say, how dare you? Yes. But no, we're going to say, okay, I'll receive that, but I'll still stand firm in the truth. I'm not going to fight back. I'm going to share in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. He was rejected by people. Yes. He was insulted by people, yet he loved. They spit on him. They insulted him. They're they're hidden. Like all that Jesus went through, and still he forged forward toward his mission without combating against these people in love. 100%. And he's the one we follow and not only is he our model, um, it's his life in and through us 100%. by the Spirit of God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. And so um, I think there's a song lyric I've heard recently too. Like his job's not done until I'm – if I'm not totally dead, then he's not done. Yes. Mm. And so it needs to be his life in and through us 100%. that we're walking out. Hundred um, percent, and that's that's. I think that's the key to actually doing this. We could try to muster up the strength and the courage, and we're going to fail. Yeah, uh, but by the power of the Spirit of God in us, no doubt. And I think for me, one of the biggest shifts, uh, biggest paradigm shifts that had to occur internally is when you encounter people in those situations. The second you start to understand why internally they're acting that way, it becomes mm-hmm. a lot easier to not be offended. Yeah, one thing that you were saying yesterday to me was as your mom was trying to, like, bring you in and, like, come – there was, like, an internal rebellion in you against (laughs) Jesus in particular. And, like, it's interesting to me being on the other end of that and hearing how you're saying how do you minister to that because you're you're – you're ministering to you like before you met <laughs> yes. Christ, which is amazing. It is. And, and like, that's why I love the diversity of the body of Christ. And that's also why I love people who come to Christ later in life, because they are able to know what it's like on the other oh, side yes. and be on the receiving end. So you can cater how you share the gospel. A hundred percent. And I think that's one of my biggest missions of what I try to do now. And I do a lot of online ministry as well as my itinerant speaking. And I just want to, reach people where they're at, you know, mm-hmm. because everyone's in a different spot. Like life and the way people walk in their relationship with God is a spectrum. And there's mm-hmm. some people who are just really, really far in the opposite direction of God. And there's some people who are like on the cusp that are like Jesus curious. And I just want to be able to touch all those people with the same message of Jesus while still keeping the mm-hmm. biblical truth at the center and not compromising anything. Amen. Yeah. That's good. Well, grace and truth. Yes. Matt, uh, thanks for joining uh, this episode and if people want to get in touch with you how can they uh is it social media is the best way yeah, like, where I would they go say my instagram is matthew leary jr and as well as my youtube is matthew leary jr perfect so, yep. yep check it out uh matthew leary jr and uh you can also go to the forge website you'll find him on the speakers page under firebrands as well forgeforward.org uh, or forgespeakers.com 
Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode of Fuel for the Harvest. And thank you, Matt, for being here. We yes. appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll look forward to the next time, bro. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. God bless you, and see you next time. <laughs>